Hi there, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Anyway, let's get back to Billy Carson. Was live. I'm gonna make a video. I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a video on social media, uh, and several different sporting activities and hobbies. You know, switching up and let people see it. Get a lot of it or something. I think people will love it. It'd be pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Love Just to get people to challenge themselves because we all can do it. You know, I'll I'll read a book, a physical book. I haven't done it in probably about maybe six months though, but I'll read a physical book and listen to an audio book at the same time. Two different books. I do that too. And anyone can do this. It's just a matter of applying yourself and focusing on on retention of knowledge. And so, you know, now I'm up to probably I was up to at one point eighty five percent. Now I'm probably down to about seventy again because I have done it in about six months but you can retain a lot of information and people they doubt themselves that they can do something like that but everyone can do it people need to start using both their hands to do things anyways to create some new neural pathways yeah. that will lead into smarter behavior mm -hmm. all around brush your teeth with your, your opposite hand yes yeah, I, might, I might i might cut my gums <laughs> you can start with something as simple as this, you know, <laughs> rubbing your stomach and patting your head, and then you know, switch the hand. I mean, it's, you know, simple stuff, but it just feels new neural pathway. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> but I don't know about oh, listening on, to a man. book and reading a book. That's 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 pretty. No, cool. this, uh, to check this out. Have you ever turned on, did your homework while listening to the radio? Right. And have you ever? Knew the lyrics of the song that you were listening to while you were doing your homework Shit. and dropped them off over there so we could deliver the message. Mm. This is an alien abduction, in my opinion, and, and uh, recorded in biblical text. Uh, the book of Ezekiel, you got to read it because there's no other conclusion. Once this guy is taken into this vessel that he described greatly and then he's inside of it, now yeah. moving around in it, yeah. there's no more question or doubt what it is. Time to trust the witnesses anyway, even yeah. today, what's going on. Right. So with this being so profound, welcome back. We're gonna go. We're gonna pull up. And if we if we meet people, to, to them we're going to be aliens. So when do we become extraterrestrial? Because that's like a different term. Right? It actually has the same definition. My hand. I know. Where yeah, I know. That okay. I, I had the Bible memorized. Gotcha. gotcha. Say, I read. I've been reading that Bible since I was one years old. Ooh, two hours ago. Trump's getting the worst news of his life. Oh my god, I'm gonna talk about after files. Guys, to watch later about the Emerald Tablet with Atlantis. Shit, where was it? Where was it? The bombshell. Where's the fucking bombshell? One minute ago, live Trump. Shit, where's the fucking worst news of his... Uh, just, uh... So they went live. Several months, streamed. very unpopular prediction by me. Trump family attacks each other as New York prosecutor against Trump Donald Trump, 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 Trump District Attorney's Office 
around this time. So let's discuss what's happening on this podcast. Donald Trump, meanwhile, is grifting again. He announced today that he is selling a book about letters that he received from other people. People, wow! <laughs> I like how his book. I like how his book is just a collection written by other people. Huh. <laughs> you can't make it up. More bad news for Donald Trump. Power Donald Trump's off. Top campaign lawyer from 2020. It's so embarrassing even saying that. Trump's top campaign lawyer from 2020, Jenna Ellis, has just entered into a stipulation with a Colorado professional disciplinary court stating that she repeatedly, and for selfish reasons, lied about election fraud in the 2020 election for Donald Trump. By the way, she got farted on by Rudy Giuliani in 2020, got COVID via fart, and now publicly admitted that the whole time she was a liar. What a run! What a, what a run! She had. like that. I I don't know what else says MAGA like that. And President Biden was in Philadelphia on Thursday, where he re- he released his budget proposal that would cut the deficit by three trillion dollars. Meanwhile, the GOP spent their Thursday focused on the green M and M's, Mr. Potato Head, Dr. Seuss, pronouns drag queens and genitals this is the midas touch podcast i'm ben micellis joined by brett and jordy i mean could the contrast be more stark and could we have more of these committee hearings please like every time these maga republicans hold a weaponization or today's hearing was a hearing on the woke they did a hearing on the woke federal government. Can you believe that? You re- you really can't make this stuff up anymore. But, you know, I, I've coined a new term for these Republicans. They are professional rake steppers because all they do is they throw out the rake and then they go they get all excited. And Fox News goes, look how far they just threw that rake. What a great toss. And then inevitably they walk right into it, get smacked in the face. And this is what we're witnessing. I don't think I actually had to smack myself in the face to get the point across. The animation is great, Brett. I don't think it was necessary, but our viewers appreciate it. We have the Lauren Boebert clip. Like, we could just start off by showing Boebert stepping on the rake because (laughs) it it just shows you exactly what they do. Like, they keep, because they don't read, because they don't care about facts, because they're used to going on Fox, because their fascism is cyclical or whatever, Jordy is whatever Jordy. Let's go. You're a fan. I knew you liked that phrase. Let's go. Because their fascism is cyclical or they're used to going on Fox and not getting rebutted by, like, the facts, they'll just keep mentioning things that happened when Trump was the president. I'm like, remember when the Biden administration back in October of 2020 told Twitter this? It's like, okay, you realize that Trump was the president in 2020. They were the government then. You know, or, or when one of the things that Boebert was trying to explain in this hearing today about how woke the federal government is, and 25% of the federal government is working from home, because that's one of the things that they're saying is so woke. So and. Woke. And, and 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 the person she was asking the question uh, to was like, you anyway. I won't I won't ruin it. Just watch the clip. Play the clip. 
You're not aware of any employee taking um, something that one would consider a vacation time and bringing their computer and maybe logging in just a portion of that time or not at all? We have, we have more than 25% of federal employees not logging, not logging into work and they're teleworking. Congresswoman, I, I do take issue with this characterization that 25% of individuals are not it, logging it's, it's in. It's in this leaked document right here that we just submitted into you're, the record. You're basing that from 2020, which was in the last administration, and I can't <laughs> speak to that. Remember when, <laughs> remember when Gates wanted and actually did introduce into the record like the Chinese communist propaganda newspaper and said, do you have any reason to doubt it? And the Biden administration official says, well, usually it's not my custom and practice to rely on the uh, propaganda from the Chinese Communist yeah. Party, but yeah. that's yeah, professional, professional rake steppers. steppers. <laughs> MAGA Republicans, professional rake steppers. You know, and the more they speak, you know, it's almost yes. like, you know, maybe you didn't actually like Trump as much as you thought. Because you seem to have an issue with everything that happened under, while he was president. And you just are now kind of realizing it when you actually get out of your bubble and actually try to do these hearings and speak to actual experts and people with intelligence. All of a sudden you get smacked in the face with the facts and you're like, oh, oops, that's, that's, that's my bad. I, I, I didn't mean to do that. And there's plenty more professional rake stepping where that came from today. And, you know, throughout all these hearings, how, how about they all like it's. How about it being exposed? We know that it's all a grift, right? But sometimes you just wonder, like, okay, behind the scenes, like, are do they really believe these things that they're saying? Because these MAGA Republicans, they say things that are so idiotic, so insanely traitorous, so down a conspiracy theory rabbit hole that sometimes you just wonder, like, what are they really saying privately? Are they like, this is all a big scam, ha, 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 we hate this, and we're making a bunch of money, so we love it? Well, the answer to that question, a lot of them are. Mm. A lot of them are actually saying that. And, like, we'll talk about it more in this episode, but as you go through the messages, for example, from Tucker Carlson. Tucker. Tucker Carlson is saying things like, I hate Donald Trump with passion. I, I absolutely hate this guy, and I can't. This is the actual message from Tucker Carlson. This isn't like a meme. This is <laughs> these are Tucker Carlson's actual messages. Pull it back up one more time. He goes, "I hate him," referring to Donald Trump. I hate him passionately. I blew up at Peter Navarro today in frustration. I actually like Peter, but I can't handle much more of this. And then there's like another thread of Tucker speaking with a, a producer of his um, and on the producer he's he just goes in yeah so this is the, this so anyone wants who's looking at the format on tv for those on the audio you can't see it because you're on audio but but go 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 on the youtube very astute, <laughs> very astute. go on the youtube though to watch and we we've tweeted this out and posted it in all the different locations this is actually the format that it looks like when you go through the e-discovery process and the e-discovery vendor um, basically takes a forensic image of a phone. That's what this, that, you, that, that you'd be looking at. And so behind the scenes, you have the producer saying things to Tucker, like, and, and pull it back up, the press conference has gone bananas, referring to a Giuliani press conference from November of 2020. And then Tucker's like, I keep hearing that. Yeah, that so bad. I really want to ignore it. 
Sidney uh. Powell and Rudy Giuliani are fucking liars. <laughs> and then they're mocking the conspiracy theories that Tucker then spreads. Right. And so the conspiracy theory that they mock, the producer goes to Tucker in a sarcastic way. By my count so far, the election was stolen by a coalition of Soros and Nicholas Maduro and various software companies and small time gangsters not making any of that up. Oh, I left out Cuba and China and Tucker's responses about Trump and these conspiracy theories. It's all so desperate and deranged at the same time. And Rudy's hair color has been dripping along his face for 40 minutes. It's still happening. And then in the next messages, he sends photos of Rudy Giuliani with the hair dye. These could be our private text messages. I was going to say that literally sounds like a Midas Touch video, talking about how desperate and deranged Donald Trump is, mocking Rudy for the hair dye situation. It could be a Midas Touch video right there, and it likely does match our text messages from the day, but it really shows you the grift that is happening Back at Fox. It day. shows you why they are so dangerous. And you also see that they made a really bad prediction at the time. And their prediction was Donald Trump's going to be going away in a little bit. So we, we're not going to have to hear from this guy at all soon. So let's just try to ignore this stuff all right now. And then we'll get past them and, and maybe something will happen to him and he'll be old news. That was the worst decision ever. But what these texts real, that was the worst prediction ever. But what these texts really do expose, which I don't think people are appreciating enough, is just how fragile Fox News is, just how fragile of an organization it is. And they themselves even say this, and we're even seeing this now as we start to see the response from Fox employees who are speaking off the record to organizations about the release of these documents from the Dominion case. And you see them being, I can't believe how much in an uproar and how scared Fox, this institution, this mega institution is of these upstart networks like Newsmax and OAN. That's what you see time and time again. And by the way, we're seeing now the communications from 2021 and 2020. Just imagine what the communications are right now, currently at Fox. I bet they're using a private encrypted signal chats that auto-delete this time. I bet that's the lesson that they learned. But you could bet, you could be so sure right now that they are terrified, that they right now are feeling like they are once again put in an existential crisis. And they have Tucker Carlson right now and their main, their main anchors who do their primetime shows. They are doubling down, tripling down because their back's against the wall and they have no other move right now other than to just go all in on the BS. And it'll be interesting to see where this all lands. But you got to know, this is an existential crisis for Fox, whether they want to put on that false bravado or not every single night. And it just goes to show if you, you know, digging into this, and we say this all the time, more specifically with these GQP politicians, but we'll talk about it here with Tucker and the Fox News quotes staff, man. They don't care about the country. They're just trying to line their pockets and take advantage of, of, of people in our, our society. It, it's, it's desperate and it's sad and it's depraved. And they cloak themselves like this news network that, that wants to get you the truth. And they just play on these, these, these people who are just so just, just deceived, ultimately. And I know I'm giving a lot of Fox viewers here just, just, just a lot of cover. 
But ultimately, that's what's going on. They're playing to these people's just worst inhibitions and trying to just destroy our democracy to line their pockets with money. Here's the thing that upsets me and some of the things that I've seen over the past few days, because I saw yesterday, you know, something a lot of people often wonder, okay, you're telling this to us, Midas Touch, but is this reaching the Fox bubble? We have to reach the MAGA bubble. And so the image that we did of those texts has made its way mm -hmm. around the Fox bubble, has made its way around MAGA. I've seen it pop up on all the various MAGA forums. I saw that MAGA person on Twitter, Bridget Gabriel, or whatever name she's using this week. I saw her post it and go, I certainly hope this is not true, because if it's true, this seems pretty bad. The comments, the comments make you want to just cower, just make you want to just cringe and go, come on, please, why, why, why? Because you read the comments and the comments are all like, fake, no, fake news, no, no way. No, this is Photoshop. No, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. And it's that kind of ability, inability when, when you are confronted with the facts, when you're confronted with actual evidence. This isn't fabricated. This didn't just appear out of nowhere. These were texts that were turned over by Fox, by Tucker Carlson, by Sean Hannity that are in a court filing. These are real whether they want to believe it or not. But they have been so brainwashed by Fox and now they are kind of in a power position with Fox where they are demanding, Fox, feed me lies. Keep lying to me. I like the lies. I can't live. I need my safe space with Fox. It's really sad to see. It's really pathetic, honestly. You know, one of the things that cult deprogrammers will tell you, the hardest part sometimes about getting somebody out of a cult is because they're so all in. They're For so them to get out of the cult is to admit that their entire existence over the past number of years has been, has been an utter lie <laughs> and that they have been pursuing Stupid. very passionately things that were false Fucking idiots. and it's very hard to pull people out because Gullible. they don't want to admit it Hello. publicly um, also you know there's so here's the thing jordy where you were talking about the fox viewer there's and, and, and someone who went on our Patreon uh, chat, the Zoom that we have, brought you know brought this question up, and maybe we'll, we'll we'll post this one as well. We do this exclusive Patreon chat for our Patreon members. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/MidasChat, where we do this Zoom, uh, Patreon.com/slash/MidasTouch, and the person said, "Look, there's just so much information coming at me from all of these directions and and, and all of these issues, and like, and it's and it's overwhelming." Right. And sometimes to convey the truthful information and come up with solutions is a little bit harder. So it's a little bit more complicated to address reality and the complexities that exist and have an intelligent conversation. And where Fox, what Fox does is Fox exploits the complexity that exists in modernity. They exploit that situation and try to simplify it down to a word or a slogan without, by distracting people from the solution so that Fox can then achieve an ultimate aim, which its goal is, which is basically to make a lot of money, to pick people's pockets at the end of the day so that millionaires can get even richer than they already are, right? That's the end aim here. 
the end design where we see the messages right and 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 it's callous it's it's really about the money and it's it, it's you may say that's obvious it's always about the money but they are it's a zero sum game where fox is saying look we don't care if we destroy this democracy we're okay with a russian style oligarchy so long as we keep making money screw this american democracy we we don't care about american democracy anymore so let's keep on feeding people lie after lie after lie and then rather than address what the real issue is on immigration rather than let's talk about comprehensive immigration policy rather than let's trying to fix it let's just call an entire group of people rapists let's just say that and let's just repeat it over and over and over again and let's distract from actually how to come up with solutions and then so the large media networks don't do even a much better job they'll let the both sides thing happen and have it become a idiots who don't even really know what they're talking about and that's ultimately what we're trying to do So when I go over what took place in a court hearing, I don't just give you like, I don't just start shouting. I go, let's let's read the filing. People like that. They go, I like when you read the court filing. I, I trust what you say, Ben, but it is helpful that I see the filing and I could share the filing. Yeah. And so, Brett, when you talk about the fact that, you know, a lot of the Calls people are, are brainwashed, facts. they legitimately are brainwashed. If you go back to the plan that created that, the memo from the 1970s, it's, wow. the, the plan is actually called creating like GOP state-led media. That was Roger Ailes' plan in the Nixon administration. The purpose was to create propaganda state-run TV to brainwash Americans. That's it. So it is doing what it's set out to do. So now we are in a process of having on a mass scale on a national and international scale of deprogramming of deprogramming that and we're at a pivotal moment and juncture right now where there is this cognitive dissonance in the face of whoa 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 if, if tucker's really saying that and i'm a mark and i've been going to all my family dinners and all of these times with friends and i've been just repeating everything he said what does that make me? How does that make me look? So what we on the pro-democracy community, though, have to do now is not say to those people, that makes you an idiot. Exactly. We can't do that. What we have to say is, look, there is this majority, this pro-democracy community. We love our country. We love our constitution. We, we love it, but we don't love it in a performative way. We live it. We live it, and we try to implement policies to make things actually better than just empty slogans. That's what we do here. You, you should be a part of this team, and all the stuff that they're telling you about the leftists and the woke and all of that, it's, it's BS. It, it's just completely fake propaganda stuff. So let's be the solution together. That's what we got to do.
And Ben, unfortunately, I, I think also, though, I think the both sides networks, I'm not talking about Fox here, but I'm talking about a lot of the mainstream networks. And, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of the reporters on a lot of these networks. I'm not speaking about all of them. But a lot of these both sides networks have also programmed people to always expect the worst. The worst. There's always a lot of doom and gloom. And one of the things that we try to do here is just present the facts. When there was this phony red wave narrative before the midterms, we brought on the experts. We brought on Simon Rosenberg and Tom Bonnier, who were going through the data, who saw the people who had already voted in early voting. And they said, wait, 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 hold, hold up a second, hold up a second. This polling seems like BS, because I'm looking at the data right now of people who have actually voted, and it's not showing anything near a red wave. It's showing a very tight election year. And we keep seeing this time and time again, where we're letting people, and, and uh, many of our followers, people are getting gaslighted by the mainstream media networks to believe a narrative that is simply not true. And perhaps the latest narrative here is the narrative that we are seeing right now out of New York with the criminal case against mm -hmm. Donald Trump. And we could get into that in a bit. But the thing that we did here is what did we do? We had Alvin Bragg come on the show. Yeah, we did a whole interview with Alvin Bragg, Karen Fried Magnifolo. And by the way, we took a lot of heat. we took a lot of heat for that interview. And Ben, you could go into that too. But Ben, from the beginning, and you've been saying this for months now, because this new New York Times story just dropped right before that we came on the podcast that said indictments in New York for Donald Trump, criminal indictments from Alvin Bragg, are likely imminent. And that Donald Trump has been informed about that. So we could dig into the story. But this is something, Ben, that you have been saying for months. And, and before you even go into the whole thing, I just want to say that listeners of this podcast, listeners of the Political Beatdown podcast with Michael mm -hmm. Cohen and Ben over here. By the way, if you're not subscribed to Political Beatdown with Michael Cohen and Ben Micellis, do that right now. Subscribe right now subscribe. on audio. Because Michael Cohen is the main witness right now in this New York case. He's going to be speaking in front of the criminal grant. What an idiot. Exactly. It, it, we can do that. What we have to say is, look, there is this majority, this pro-democracy community. We love our country. We love our Constitution. We, we love it, but we don't love it in a performative way. We live it. We live it. And we try to implement policies to make things actually better than just empty slogans. That's what we do here. You, you should be a part of this team and all the stuff that they're telling you about the leftist and the woke and all of that. It's, it's BS. It, it's just completely fake propaganda stuff. So let's be the solution together. That's what we got to do. And then, unfortunately, I, I think also, though, I think the both sides networks, I'm not talking about Fox here, I'm talking about a lot of the mainstream networks, and, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of the reporters on a lot of these networks, I'm not speaking about all of them, but a lot of New York cases. Yeah, thanks for 70k listeners on one of my podcasts, Politics AF. My name's just Deb, I'm a modest producer, and I cover all the pro-democracy podcasts, Legal AF, Modest Touch, Glenn 
Kirshner because justice matters. And Brian Tyler Cohen and Christo Ovalis and others. Uh, I'm politics girl. Politics girl. I do free ads. I volunteer and do like uh, vocals for my favorite podcasters. So maybe you heard about my podcast through that. So good for you. Because my podcast is the best in the world. Politics go. Invoke his Fifth Amendment. 500 times. Right now. Fox News is running towards a cliff. Fucker Carlson says he hates Donald Trump and gets into fight with Mitch McConnell on Jan 6. God save America. Fucker Carlson. Two hours ago, that's a dead pod save America. Michael Cohen unleashed. Streamed five hours ago. Live Michael Cohen reacts to looming Trump indictments and breaking news. It's like. I don't think that's really a name. The last world turns out no one knows what the heck Republicans are talking about. New USA Today Ipsos poll finds majority of Americans are inclined to view the word woke as positive right. attribute, because not a Michael negative Cohen one. Michael Cohen is the main witness right now in this New York case. He's going to be speaking in front of the criminal grand jury. And so if you want to hear the up-to-date happenings of what is going on, everything that he's able to tell us, you got to subscribe to Political Beatdown. Political Beatdown! You've heard Ben's predictions, so you may have not have been surprised to the Times News. But people who have not been listening to the Midas Touch podcast, this probably came out of left field for them. So, Ben, what happened today? And of course, you know, you know, Ben, I could dig up the clip of you calling this from day one, which is right here. I appreciate you. I appreciate you pulling up. That clip, but Alvin Bragg has informed Donald Trump that he will be invited if he wanted to show up next week uh, to speak before the criminal grand jury that is in panel. Why isn't Donald Trump being subpoenaed? Because he's not needed to be there, so he's giving an opportunity to tell his side of the story before a criminal grand jury that has the authority to indict Donald Trump. And this is in the Manhattan District Attorney's process. Always, in almost all circumstances, if you just follow their protocols, that is the precursor to an indictment. And a precursor to an indictment that is imminent. And by imminent, we're talking about weeks, days, weeks, not months. This would be the very last phase of, okay, you can show up next week, if you don't show up, Donald Trump would have to waive immunity. Uh, otherwise, you're given immunity under the New York grand jury procedures, which obviously Donald Trump's not going to waive immunity, which means he could be prosecuted for speaking before the uh, criminal grand jury for what he says that could be used against him. He'll likely do what he did before the New York attorney general, which is invoke his Fifth Amendment. But the New York AG case is a civil case, um, but this is the process that would take place right before an indictment. And you know, when we had Alvin Bragg on, 
the show, I mean, the comments against Bragg were to say people disliked Bragg. I mean, I, 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 people wanted Bragg arrested. I mean, that's what some of the comments yeah. were. And, I mean, arrest Bragg, throw Bragg in jail. For what? And, and, and my point was, I understand the frustration based on the fact that the prosecutors who Cy Vance brought on, Pomerantz and Dunn, that they quit, they said bad things about Bragg, it looked like they were on a process to indict that felt imminent, and it felt like Bragg was, whatever the expression was, like pulling the rug from underneath people who thought, oh, there was about to be an indictment, and Bragg, you're coming in, and you screwed it up. But all I can do is follow the data, which is Bragg's been a career prosecutor, one of the most well-established, successful prosecutors in America, and, and certainly you know, the top person you'd want for this job in New York in terms of experience. Look, it's an elected position, so you don't always get the most qualified person. But Bragg is literally the most qualified person for that job. And one of the things I said is, look, it looks like Bragg is building his own team that he trusts. He wants his own team of lawyers. Also, Bragg's strategy to me was that he's not going for the grand slam right away. He's going to maybe go hit a single, then he's going to go for a double or triple, then he's going to go for the grand slam. Meaning the first thing he does is prosecute the Trump organization. Donald Trump isn't a criminal defendant and, and uh, Bragg gets 17 felony uh, charges, uh, gets Trump's organization convicted on 17 felony charges, and Bragg gets to see, okay, who's Trump's lawyer, what does the jury think, what's going to happen, and Bragg sees the jury hated Donald Trump, they hated the Trump organization, the jury wanted Trump indicted, uh, <laughs> Bragg gets, gets his first win. So then you move on, and look, New York Attorney General Letitia James is doing the case on all of Donald Trump's fraudulent financial valuations. That's a civil lawsuit, which would basically shut down the Trump organization from doing business. She's seeking at least $250 million in damages, but likely will be seeking in the billions of dollars when she gets her case before the jury. It's going to be heard October 2nd of 2023. Bragg isn't giving up on that case the criminal side of that case. Remember, New York Attorney General Letitia James is pursuing the civil side of that case. And Bragg's saying, look, I may, I, I, I'm still investigating the criminal stuff there, but let's focus on a slam dunk case, an easy case, Donald Trump's hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. We know that the payment was made. We know that the $130,000 first went from Cohen uh, to Stormy Daniels. We know that then Donald Trump paid back Cohen, misclassified it, which is the crime, misclassification of business records. When you add on top of that a campaign finance violation, because it happened right before the election, that makes it a felony. Trump gets, it's a, as a felony, Trump could go to jail for four years. It's a simple case. We don't really have to worry about it dragging on with all of this discovery that could take, you know, years and years and years and decades. Like, let's remember, like those Nixon cases, first off, Nixon was pardoned, so there was no real accountability there. Nixon case, 1982. So to me, Bragg's strategy was boom. 
let's get a criminal conviction. We got the organization. Let's get the criminal conviction. Let's throw Trump in Rikers early. And then we're not giving up the broader case. Let's still investigate that and then go after him for the broader case as well. That's the plan that I always thought was going on. And I wasn't guessing. I wasn't, I was speaking with the experts. I saw what was happening. You know, the experts have to be careful. as They're not going to say things they're not allowed to say. But if you just listen to what people are saying and you follow the data, it's actually fairly obvious where this thing was headed. So, Fred, I know you've got my clip. So this is from several months ago at this point. Um, and this was right after. It's a little over a month ago. It's, it's from January 14th uh, of this year. So it's Several from, could be true. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think several is about four. I would say a couple. I think it's two, like a couple is two. Yeah, that's <laughs> a couple is two, several is three or four. That's, yeah, the analyst. Okay, so this was when I said, I was, I've been saying, this is the, the, the clip that we could find, but I've been saying this for a long time. So play the clip of what I previously said. I also want to say this. What if Alvin Bragg criminally indicts Donald Trump in the next two months or three months or six months? What if that happens? What if Bragg becomes the first? Uh, district attorney to do that. I mean, we know he's criminally investigating Donald Trump. We know that he's brought in someone named Matthew Colangelo, who's a top prosecutor who worked with the attorney general's office in New York and who was the number three position in all of the Department of Justice, who's uh, civilly prosecuted Donald Trump before and succeeded, who took down the Trump charities and who helped uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James prepare her massive fraud civil lawsuit against Donald Trump seeking at least $250 million. The reason that I don't want to condemn or prejudge Alvin Bragg is because through my own perspective as a lawyer where things don't happen quickly in my cases that I have and things take place over significant time, I know that you, ne you can't necessarily judge somebody by what happens in a year or two years or even three years because I'll say this, everybody who rightfully is outraged at Alvin Bragg right now, the moment that Bragg criminally indicts, if he does, I think will all of a sudden be saying, Okay, Alvin Bragg's a hero. Alvin Bragg's great. Great job, Alvin Bragg. You know, you did it. You know, congratulations. And I think they'll, but all of this stems from the fact that Trump is such a despicable, flagrant criminal. He has so tortured this country and has put people through such stress and despair. Oh. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be anyone doing anything about it. And so I understand where the I understand where it's coming from. The only perspective that I can provide is one that I share the anger. I can only share with you this alternative perspective, not alternative, I think it's complimentary. I could be both incredibly angry at Albert Bragg, say what the heck happened with Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn? But also at the same time recognize that Bragg's the only district attorney in the entire country who's successfully criminally prosecuted a Trump entity to date, that he's continuing to do the investigations, and he's able to take action now that he's built this foundation, frankly a stronger foundation than we've seen anywhere else in the country right now. I mean, just think about it. There's democratically appointed 
district attorneys in places across the country and cities across the country that have jurisdiction against Donald Trump who aren't doing anything. They're not getting criticized the same way Alvin Bragg is, but perhaps they should be getting criticized equally because they're doing literally nothing. And they have jurisdiction because Trump businesses are within their purview. They're not doing anything. Alvin Bragg at least is doing something. And my own kind of final view on him is to be determined. But right now I'm angry. I share you, but I want to give you at least that perspective because I think there's a high likelihood based on the information that he's developed, based on the successful criminal prosecution, the information he's obtained, I wouldn't be surprised if in March or April, you replay this video in January with the criminal indictment and I could point to it and say, look, this is like, I, I, I at least gave you that indication that I thought something like that was, ha that something like that was happening. Well, we are March or April, you know, that's, when I predicted hey, that, bro. Look, bro. I still see certain comments that says he won't do it, though. No one's ever going to do it. And so when people are saying that in the chat, I don't know where you're getting your information from because I, I, I am just telling you that he will. I'm not trying to get your hopes up. I've, I've had podcasts and episodes where I tell you this bad thing is going to happen. So I don't know who, I actually do know certain instigators on social media who continue to lie. I know the large yeah. media now continue to pump in bad information, but he, he will. I, I don't know how else to say it. This move that he just made indicates that he will. So I don't think I deserve, you know, people are going to be like, oh, Ben, you predicted it, you called it. Yeah, but it's like seeing the cumulonimbus cloud. You know I love cumulonimbus. It's like seeing the cumulonimbus cloud over, you know I love cumulonimbus, you know, over the sky. seeing cumulonimbus because I did well in my earth science class. And I'm like, that cumulonimbus is going to bring lightning. And then like, whoa, you called the lightning? I'm like, yo, it's a cumulonimbus. <laughs> and then one other point, then another, another comment like, tell us, Ben, you know, what do we win here? No extradition from Florida, a slap on the wrist. Again, I don't know where those comments are. I appreciate it, but I don't know what that means. He, he is going to be tried in New York. He is going to have to show up to New York and spending two to four years at Rikers Island while the other criminal charges are brought. It, it, it isn't a slap on the wrist. So anyway. Don't let these instigators on social media, on the major news networks, don't let them do to you what Fox is doing to their audience. And I think exactly. that you watching this, you listening to this, I know that you're better than it because you're here for the actual information. So don't let them, the same way that when Fox, when Fox viewers are confronted with the reality of what Tucker is saying behind their back, when you are confronted with the facts about what is actually happening here, don't just recoil and say, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. Take mm -hmm. a breath and, and, and try to process it. I, I really encourage you because those doomsayers are doing you no good whatsoever, and we need to reprogram that thinking. Because what we saw, I mean, we've seen this time and time again, brothers. Like, we, we saw this during the election. We saw this yeah, during yep. the, the, the red wave. We got the uh, same wave. We, saw, we got the same comments. We got the, same you're getting hopium. our hopes up. It's hopium. How dare you? It's we're going to get killed. We're going to lose 40 seats in the House. We're going to lose the Senate. How could you be saying this? And we're like, that's I, I, nice of you to say. I don't know where you're getting this information from, but that's not the data that we're seeing. So if, you, if that's what from you're 40 saying. Million, 40, we had 40 million early votes. 
So what better data set can you possibly have than 40 the 2020 million votes? <laughs> when Biden won, when they were still counting the votes, and it became, it became abundantly clear that the remainder of the votes to come in were going to lean in Biden's direction and that he would for sure be winning the presidential election in 2020. And I said that people said, you're going to don't talk too Don't talk too soon. Don't say it. Trump is winning. I'm going, I'm turning off the TV. I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. It's over. I said, I'm just telling you the date. Like we're just telling you the data here. These are the numbers. And I know I understand. And it's like you said in that clip, it's, it's, I don't fault people because the last few years under Trump and with these MAGA Republicans post Trump's presidency, all they do is inflict trauma on all of us as a nation. All they do every single day is try to beat you down so that you think just like that. But you have to, you have to, I'm urging you, I'm urging you to confront that feeling, to stand up to it, to look it in the face and go, no, I'm not, I'm not going to cower to that. I'm not going to buy into that narrative. I am going to sit back. I'm going to look at the data. I'm not going to look at the loudest voices in the room. I'm going to analyze it quietly and come to a conclusion. That's all I'm asking. George, sorry, I know you wanted to speak. No, that was an excellent point. It's not about the Nimbus clouds, although Brett pretty much verbatim said what I wanted to say, but I'll just say it a, a little bit different because, Ben, I did see those, those doomsday comments as well when you were going through that just now. But overwhelmingly, 80, 90% of the audience, they know exactly what this channel is built on, what the Midas Touch Network is built on. And that's just incredibly well-researched, analytic, data-driven network. And we don't try and gaslight our audience into believing this or, or that just because it makes for a good narrative. In fact, overwhelmingly, the majority of our audience, and this is why we're so close to 1 million subscribers on YouTube, if you're listening to this, go subscribe right now, uh, it's why they come here. They, they can actually trust us. They can actually understand that what we're going to tell them isn't, isn't something that we just want them to believe because, no, that's the old school way. That's the old network. That's legacy media. That's BS, man. That's not what we do. No matter how much it pains us or no matter how much it excites, we're going to tell you the truth as is. And, and, and that's ultimately point, why Jordy. the channel continues to grow. And to your point, the public sentiment was clearly against Alvin Bragg, right? And if this was kind of the Fox mindset, what I would have done is been like, you know what would be really good for our subscribers? And what would be really good is let me go all in and dislike Alvin Bragg. Mm -hmm. But instead, it was like, let's let Alvin Bragg speak on the network. Let's have the former number two of the entire office ask the questions that y'all want to hear or should hear. And then let's form a judgment about it, even if even if the might is mighty are are temporarily upset because they're hearing all these things about Alvin Bragg elsewhere. The way to build trust over time is to is to speak honestly, even if it counters a narrative where it would have been far more popular for me to push a narrative that was widely popular, but that I disagreed with because the data was showing Otherwise, we have a lot more to talk about on this episode, like Donald Trump's top campaign lawyer, Jenna Ellis, who was farted on by Rudy Giuliani. And then <laughs> later, with Donald Trump responded to the news of the likely indictment through his people. We definitely got to hit that and bring I'll that, that back to the break. But, yeah, but we'll also talk about how his top campaign lawyer, who was farted on, just admitted that she lied about everything to a court. That and more after this lied quick break. Everything. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Magic Spoon. 
Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as I got older, I had to watch out for sugar and empty carbs. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but high protein and less sugar. Magic Spoon has replicated your favorite childhood cereals to taste mm -hmm. good when considering a... You love dot com. Anyway, thanks for seventy K on this podcast. One of my podcasts. And uh, yeah, I'm hot on the trail of the Trumpist Van Schittler going to fucking jail. I'm a Berkeley, Oxford, and I was going to say Minus Touch University, Taipei Medical University. Honors graduate. And Here's some other possible ones in my subscription feed. Ancient Aliens, Top 10 Alien Encounters of 2022. That sounds pretty cool. On the History Channel. Probably not that great, though. Classified Alien Encounters Revealed by Traumatologist Valutainment. That sounds stodgy. Jenna Ellis is a liar. I am hereby publicly censuring Trump's lawyer, Jenna Ellis. I want the community to know that she lies. And, you know, on her state bar profile, when people look her up and say, hey, is this a lawyer I'm interested in hiring? It will say, warning, basically. Huh. This lawyer entered into a, a stipulation and was publicly censured for lying uh -huh. uh, in connection with the following stipulated facts. <laughs> so the idea of a public censure, if you actually care about your reputation, is it'll your ability to get clients right it'll oh. always be like oh. a scarlet letter if you will on your um uh, on your practice of law because anybody will look you up and it'll say wow this is a liar and as part of this public censure jenna ellis agreed to it so she admits to lying and there are about 10 or so uh statements that she admits to lying about and you can just go through some of them um, for example, on November 20th, 2020, Jenna Ellis appeared on Mornings with Maria on Fox Business and stated, quote, we have affidavits from witnesses, we have voter intimidation, we have the ballots that were manipulated, we have all kinds of statistics that show that this was a coordinated effort in all of these states to transfer votes, either from Trump to Biden, to manipulate the ballots, to count them in secret. So she admits here under oath that when she said that, she was lying, that that was a false statement. And you go on to the others, but they're basically all like that, of her saying, I lied, here's the list of statements. Now, this can have impact on a few other things that are taking place. That's what I want to talk about as well. So obviously the Fox trial, the Dominion $1.6 billion defamation case against Fox, essentially seven or eight of those things that she admits to lying all take place on Fox. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she's stipulating that it was it was a lie, um, that could potentially be used in that case. Because it's an under oath stipulation. 
you know, it, it could be used as evidence. You probably have to call her in, but you know, it's 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 admitted that that it's fine. Also, in Jack Smith's criminal investigation of Donald Trump um, for his you know lies and his uh, election-related crimes in spreading the big lie, um, and ultimately what led to the January sixth insurrection and even his conduct to this day. The fact that you have his top lawyer. I mean, she was. I mean, that's embarrassing. There's no other way to say it. She was his top campaign lawyer who admits that she was lying in her official capacity as the top campaign lawyer. That stipulation could be devastating in a criminal case brought against Donald Trump by the Department of Justice Special Counsel Jack Smith. And that has not no, I haven't seen any analysis there, but that's one of the places that my mind went to is that Jack Smith loves this. <laughs> and I'll say this too. <laughs> so, so, so y'all can't see when we cut to Ben, Ben's face like, Brett, Brett, let's, let's, just bring, let's just bring it all in again. So when we cut to Ben and we do close-up, Brett has been just still laughing nonstop every single time we cut away. And he puts himself on mute and it's been one of the funnier things to watch behind the scenes. This is what I've always said about Jen Alice. She's going to go down in history for farts and sedition. But now I have to add to that. It's farts, sedition, and censure. That's what she's going to be remembered for. That's what her great-grandkids will know her for. What a total embarrassment. And the, the overlapping themes between all these, if I could get through a sentence without laughing, I'm sorry for being immature here, but it's objectively hilarious. Um, what you see... Time and time and time again, that whether for money or for power, Jordy, don't make me laugh. Don't you dare make me laugh. For money or for power, whatever their reason is, these people constantly lie to the public and to the people who trust them when it doesn't matter legally for them. They go on Fox, they lie. They go on TV and other networks. They go to these sham hearings that they hold in hotel ballrooms or whatever the heck they are. They lie. The second they are faced with an actual courtroom, the second they are faced with actual legal consequences, or the second their actual private communications are revealed, their true thoughts, what they are actually thinking, you see that it is all an act that they know they are pulling a complete fraud on the American people. And they think that their people are stupid. Like, to me, the people who should be the most offended by all of this should be the people who've dedicated the last few years of their lives, uh, their lives to parroting these lies. Those are the people who should be the most upset. Those are the people who are really duped by Jen oh, Ellis. God. By Tucker Carlson, by Sean Hannity, shit. by Rupert Murdoch. I would it. be if that were me. But the fact yeah, is, you put these people under oath, you see these people's private text messages, people don't have you see the reality, shame. you see that they know they are liars, and they've done oh, no, immeasurable they shame, damage to our democracy over these lies. It is oh, absolutely yeah. insane that we are now finally peeling back the curtain. And we are Sorry. seeing these people revealed to be the frauds that we always knew that they were. And, and it's where it's little though right now. Like, there's so many things happening. Like, 
and, and I always say this to all the Midas Mighty, though, whether it's a Jack Smith or an Alvin Bragg or a Fawny Willis or a Biden or whoever it is, whenever I see a comment that's like, when is someone going to do this, right? When is this group going to message better or when is that? I hear that. I understand that. But I always have this response, which is that you are ultimately the solution. Like, you are actually the person that you've been waiting for. And that's what we always want to inspire here within this pro-democracy community, that we at the Midas Touch Network, we're not waiting around for someone to message this the right way, right? We're not waiting around for some superhero to show up and save the day. What we are going to do here on this network is tell the truth. And each and every day, I'm going to put it all out on the field for democracy. That, that, that's all I can do. So whether it's all the podcasts, all the content, all the things that we are building, all the creators that we are bringing, that, that's what I can control. So ask yourself, though, after this podcast, like, what can you control? Like, what are the things that are within your – can you reach out to one person? Can you reach out to five people? Can you hold a, a community meeting? Can you bring people together over drinks? Can you do some other type of gathering? Can you post these things on social media? Can you share one or two videos a day? What is it that you can do in this pivotal moment to fight for democracy? Because if our whole mentality is, when is someone coming to save us? We'll always be waiting. We'll always be waiting. Now is the moment with all of this happening with all of this being exposed, because of all of your hard work, you are a part of this. We've got real chaos going on in the MAGA Republican side. Things are looking better. Democrats are messaging great. The prosecutions and the investigations are moving in the right direction. And a special hat tip to the lawyers who represent Dominion here for exposing this magnificently and so other things start to surface in this zeitgeist right like you start to even see okay so we know that tucker carlson is a complete and utter fraud but let's dig deeper so other video footage of him starts to surface and you start to see tucker's villain origin story and i kid you not i have the whole theory pretty much locked down on when tucker carlson said you know what I am going to lean in and I am going to create this persona that's a complete lie, destroy our democracy because I care about my own money. And he, he, he admitted it in 2003. He gave an interview about Bill O'Reilly, who at that time was the main Fox host. And Tucker, who, by the way, was a trust fund kid who was independently wealthy, was in awe of Bill O'Reilly's wealth. And you'll see it at the end where he goes, wow, O'Reilly makes all this money by doing an act, by pretending to be someone that he's not. So watch a young Tucker, he's probably 34 years old here, when he looks in awe of Bill O'Reilly's act, and Tucker's like, in his own mind, I could see him thinking it through and goes, I can take that to the next level. Here, play this clip. Another quote from your book, Bill O'Reilly's success is built on the perception that he really is who he claims to be. If he ever gets caught out of character, it's over. That's right. I, I, I say before that that you know Bill O'Reilly's really talented. He's more talented than I am. You know, he's got a lot more viewers than I do. He's a better communicator than I am. Uh, but I think there's kind of a deep phoniness at the center of his shit. 
Uh, and again, as I said, the stick is sort of built on this perception that he is the character he plays. He is every man. This kind of po- he's not right wing. He's a populist. This kind of Irish Catholic populist fighting for you against the powers that be. And that's great as a shtick, but I'm just saying the moment that it's revealed not to be true, it's over. The moment he gets caught, you know, slapping a flight attendant on the Concord for not bringing his champagne fast enough and barking at, you know, one of his subordinates to take the, you know, brown M&Ms out of my bowl and get me a bottle of Evian or something like it. The second that makes page six, it's over, right? Because the whole thing is predicated on the fact that he is who he says he is. And just... Nobody is that person, especially not someone who makes a million dollars, you know, many millions Nobody a year. Nobody is that person. It's, it's at that, it's at the end where he goes, especially someone who's making many millions of dollars a year. And by the way, at that time, he's independently wealthy. You know, he's a trust fund kid. And I saw one of the comments basically say, rich kid brat. And the reality is, you know, you'd be wondering, okay, with these text messages, will it show?